And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear travelers of land, have you considered your feet today? Have you taken care of them? Have you even noticed them? You will have whenever they are aching. Or when you experience something, as did the lady on crutches two days ago, stumbling on a slippery surface. What an amazing work both of our feet do you daily. With their help, you can almost get everywhere. Do you know that your feet have the answers to many a health problem? Our bodies tend to send their waste down to the feet. And each part of the foot mirrors a part of our body. There are reflex zones, etc. But honestly, for exact information, better ask a doctor than a pastor. A massage of your feet can feel like paradise. Tending to all those health spots and giving relaxation. Whenever you visit an, an uh, oriental family, now I've got lost. Whenever you visit an oriental family, first thing they offer you a warm, wet towel, perfume, and a coffee. In Jesus' time, you would be offered a bowl of water and a towel. In a rich family, some slave would attend to your feet directly. You would get a refreshing wash. After you're walking on the dusty tracks in the burning heat, something we do voluntarily only on the beach. So what about a decent washing of your feet? Just like in the story of Jesus we heard, I've been to a church that does that before every communion service. We got our feet washed, and we were supposed to wash someone else's feet. I can tell you the latter part was not that nice. But the washing of my feet was a real pleasure. Some decades ago, I was asked to preach in an Edinburgh Kirk late on Christmas Eve. I had been working there for more than two months, and I felt it was good, a good idea to speak about my, uh, the marvelous text to our elderly Bible study group. The text was from my favorite prophet Isaiah, chapter 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Well, I couldn't read further than feet before I was interrupted. Beautiful feet? What are those? My feet are not beautiful. And I better do not describe my husband's feet. And the next couple of minutes, I learned more about feet than I really wanted. Why do we often have such a difficult relationship to our own feet? They are parts of us. They are important. They do an awesome job. And moreover, why does the Bible speak, the Bible speak about feet so often? Moses had to take off his sandals and go barefooted to the burning bush. 
The Israelites, as we heard, are ordered to prepare the exodus with your sandals on your feet, ready to go. When a town refuses to listen to the gospel, the apostles are ordered to leave and shake the dust off their feet. A woman washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And yet another woman, Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, anointed his feet with expensive knot, anticipating his funeral. This happened shortly before these feet were pierced by nails at his crucifixion. Why does our lectionary connect footnotes to all our central festivities? Well, we are in need of our feet to get to the fit. If we leave them to rest, we will leave out the fest. But Jesus cares about us being there, about being us being here. Jesus welcomes us to the church. Jesus cares about all of us and about all of everybody. First of all, he tends to our needs and feeds us. The Last Supper feeds our bodies and souls. The food is at the same time the reality of his greatest deed of love, his laying down, his life for us. For greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. But Jesus' for you is not for his present friends only, but also for every human soul. For he died for us when we were still sinners, Paul writes. And God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, yes, his beloved son. And this includes Peter, who denied to know him, and even his traitor, Judas. Isn't that horrible? Right from the beginning of today's story, we hear it thrice that Judas is going to betray Jesus. He will turn against Jesus, verbally lift up his heel against him. Jesus knows well, but he does not exclude him. Judas is part of the interrupted meal, just as he is part of the washing of the feet. In the same way, he predicts Peter's denial, but still he does everything that Peter would understand what love is about. Jesus knows us, but he will anyway die for us, even if we do not deserve it. So that we can change. In dying, he is closest to the suffering. He shows us an example of love with the teacher serving his own disciples. He makes sure that it is our loving each other which marks us his disciples. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love to one another. Those are the footprints we are meant to leave, footprints of love. This is the center of the Lord's Supper, his love for us all. No matter how stained and laden with sin we are, he takes away the sin of the world. He frees us from any obstacle between us and his heavenly feast. The dishing out of the food and the washing of the feet They are two sides of one and the same coin, God's love for us. The only currency that really counts. Still uncertain whether this applies to you? Just get up and get your foot in the door. 
It won't be slammed, but it is wide open. As the Welsh poet George Herbert wrote about 400 years ago, Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful, ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand and smiling did reply, who made the, the eyes but I? Truth, Lord, but I have mad them. Let me my shame go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love, who bore the blame? My dear, then I will serve. You must sit down, says love, and taste my meat. So I did sit and eat. Well done. Take a rest. Enjoy good company because God, the host, makes them good. Enjoy this strengthening meal. You will need it just like Elijah. You're not yet at the end of your 40 days odd journey. And the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, is yet to come. Before the footsteps of the women announce good news, bring tidings of joy, proclaim salvation and life. Amen. Let us pray. Good God, we thank you for your Son incarnate, a brother of us living among us. We thank you for his good example, for his stories about heaven, and about, uh, we thank you for the love he showed us. God, lead our feet and steps in your path. Amen.